Well, welcome. Welcome to the celebration of life today. Amen. He has risen. He is the resurrection and the life. And that's why I say welcome to the celebration of life. It's not about Easter bunnies and eggs, but it's about Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who died and rose again for us, all of us, each and every one here in this room. So I say welcome. If any of the ministering, ministering team have a word from the Lord, will you come up now? Anyone in the ministering team? So uh, during worship, uh, one of the things that um, I guess the largest impressed me with is that uh, don't compare yourself to others. Uh, others, you may see other people and you're like, wow, they got it all together. They're doing so much better than me. Um, how come I'm not there? So that is not where... Um, that's not where the Lord wants you. It's like Scott said in the beginning, the uh, goal of man is to enjoy God, I believe, something like that. But the goal of God is to enjoy you. So don't concern yourself where others are and where you're not. Just simply just enter that fellowship with the Lord. That's, that's all he wants. He just wants fellowship with you. You don't have to rate. You don't have to compare. You don't have to be as good as anybody else but just enjoy let the lord enjoy fellowship with you <laughs> good morning happy resurrection day one of the things the lord showed me is the fact that because of his resurrection he has paid the price you know, we don't have to pay the price. We don't have to do the sacrificing anymore. He has paid it all. Um, you know, if you feel like you're under attack from something, whether it be physically, financially, spiritually, you know, don't put up with that. Speak to that. Jesus said he gave us his authority. Speak to that in your life that's trying to weaken and make you sad. Um, trying to drain your finances, speak to it, say, in Jesus' name, we do not have to put up with that anymore. Right now, with Jesus' authority, we claim your goodness. We claim the power of the resurrection right now. It says in his word, he didn't come to condemn the world, but he came that we might have life and life more abundant. So stand on that. Don't put up with the, with the lack. I hear the Lord saying from his word, I am the Lord that heals your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. And um, when I was worshiping to the last song, it said that uh, the Lord picks up the, the broken pieces. And, and another part says he's the defender of your heart. And um, I just feel like I hear the Lord saying that when Jesus ascended and everybody had to look up, like, um, the Lord says, up. You're only going up. He's healing the broken pieces of your heart. And when our, our Jesus went up and he rose up from the dead and he ascended up high, like he did that, the Lord's picking up, up 
the broken pieces. He's healing and restoring. And with Jesus, we can only go up and things can only get better. And there's just this song and it's, it's his word. And he says, I am the Lord that he let thee. I am the Lord, your healer. I send my words to heal your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. Amen. Jesus, thank you. I receive it. I receive that. So here's what the Lord has been speaking to me about this past week. This is what he's saying. Stay close to me. Jesus says, this is the day for you to stay close to me. He said, if you went astray, it's time to come home. He said, if you never knew me personally, my arms are stretched out towards you, and I invite you in today. For he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He also says, I am the, the only way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes unto the Father but by me. And in this world of uncertainty and chaos, he is the resurrection and the life. He is the one that loves you. He is the one that sticks closer than a friend. He's our brother and he's our Lord. And, this, and, and if you're going through anything right now, he says, I am the Prince of Peace. He says, come to me, all who are heavy laden, for I will give you my peace. He gives you peace that surpasses all understanding. He gives you joy unspeakable if you have no joy in the times of sadness. Lord gives you supernatural joy unspeakable. He gives you his love unconditionally. If you've been hurt by someone, if you've been hurt in the past, the Lord says, my love is unconditional. My love is forever. My love is strong towards you. He said, come, come, come to me today and I will give you rest. This is what the Lord is saying today. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus today. He's the only one that you can really depend on. You can't depend on men. Even, even our brothers and sisters here, we love them so dearly. But our, our dependency is not in each other. Most of all, it's in Jesus. It's always in Jesus. And we love one another. And we, we, we are united with one another. And, uh, and the Lord says, yes, to stay in one accord and stay in one mind. And that mind is Jesus. But he said, come to me today and I will give you rest. Uh, he was speaking to me about uh, something earlier while I was worshiping. He told me, Val, I'll tell you a testimony about what just happened to you. Uh, two weeks ago, well, for one thing, I've been getting a whole lot of junk mail and I mean what I mean junk mail is like bills bills and bills <laughs> oh there's no way <laughs> you know I, I don't I, I'm going like no offense but I didn't even want the mailman to come to my door anymore <laughs> our pastor's a mail carrier so <laughs> so I didn't want the mail to come I go oh, I'm afraid to walk out there but he didn't give us a spirit of fear but you know 
when everything uh, comes in, every single day, you have a bill, you have a bill. Okay, well, this one day was uh, two weeks ago. This huge one came. And instead of complaining, I looked at it, and it was uh, a bill that was over $2,000 for a tax, a land tax. And I went, okay, I don't even, not close to that. I have nothing close to that. And so what I, I asked Mikey, I said, come on, let's pray for this. Let's take authority over this thing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that you pay off every debt. And this bill is taken care of, and we put it in your hands because we can't do anything about it in our natural. So don't be afraid to pray for the impossible things because our God is a God of the impossible things, and he makes it possible. No matter what it is, no matter what sickness you have, no matter what bills come into the mail, pray. Take authority over it right away before the enemy comes in and gives you fear and doubt. Take authority over it. So we did. And just Thursday, it was taken care of. Not by me. I, have that. I don't have that kind of money. But someone said, I'll take care of it. I didn't ask anyone. I only asked Jesus. He is the Lord of all. He sees and he hears every cry. He sees and he hears every prayer. So I'm telling you today, Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. And sister, do you want to know the truth? Jesus says, I will give you the truth. And the truth will make you free. You, you, uh, I don't know your name, but yeah, the Lord just wants to bless you today. He sees certain heartaches, certain things that's going on in your family. He says, I know, I brought you here today. You know why? I am going to heal that situation. I will heal that situation today. He said, my daughter, I have not neglected you. I've seen your tears. I've heard the cries of your heart. And the Lord says, today is your day. He says, because I am alive for that reason. Because I love you and don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. Jesus says, I love you with an unconditional love, and I will provide for you, and I will provide for your family, and I see it, and wait for, watch for that miracle to happen in your life. Lance, the Lord sees you as a Gideon, a man of valor, a man of valor. Watch and see what the Lord's going to do. Just hang on to that hope, because when there's no hope, there's death. But the Lord said, I've seen you, I've heard you, I know all about you. You have a wife, Julia, that has an inner strength, Julia. You have such an inner strength in the Lord that he says when the brokenhearted come for prayer, you are going to pray for them, and they will be healed, and they will be delivered. And that is what the Lord says you're going to do. So with that, I, I thank everyone for being here today. Thank you. Thank you guys for sharing stuff. Oh, my goodness. I'm just kind of messed up with all of that now. Um, one of these days, maybe I'll surprise you all and wear the mailman costume in here. And I'll, I'll, uh, I was just picturing this as... Val was sharing, I was like, 
put the satchel on my side. I have total sermon illustrations. I can pull out of my satchel. What's this? A bill? A bill that says you owe a debt to God because you have sinned and fallen short of his glory? But then there's a stamp on the bottom that's red, and it says, paid in full. And Jesus signed his name right on the bottom of that. Wow. Awesome. That's good news. That is really good news. Um, You know, he has loved us with an everlasting love, and he has drawn us with his loving kindness. Yeah, good stuff. There you go. That's all yours. So, man, I got a lot of things stirring in my, in my little brain right now. Welcome to Legacy City Church. <laughs> for those of us who've been here for a while and for those of us that's your first time, just welcome. Um, yeah, welcome. You know, we call ourselves Legacy City because, well, for one, Bremerton has a motto now, thanks to our previous mayor, Patty Lent, that Bremerton is the Legacy City. There's a lot of history. But we took that name for ourselves because we believe that we have a legacy. That Jesus paid, some, paid a price on the cross. He paid for something on the cross that is more than just you being forgiven of your sins so you could go to heaven someday. He didn't die just to get you into heaven. But as we were singing, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, That prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, that is the cry of the Holy Spirit's heart inside of us, that the kingdom of God would come into our lives on earth just as it is in heaven. That is our legacy. That is the price that Jesus paid for, not just to get us into heaven, but thank God. Thank God if I walk out of this place today and, God forbid, my angels fall asleep on the job and I get hit by a car and taken home early, you know, that's, that's my prize. I get to see Jesus finally face to face. And I'm going to run into his arms, and he's going to wipe away every tear from my face. He's going to say, welcome home, my son. You made it. A little early. We'll talk to those angels later about that. But you made it. But he didn't die just to get us into heaven. He died so that we could be, become something. We have an inheritance, guys. We have a birthright as Christians, as believers, as those who have said yes to Jesus. He has given you an inheritance, a legacy, a birthright. He's given you forgiveness of sins. He's given you healing for your body. He's given you freedom, freedom from addictions, freedom from stuff that would hold you down. He's given you open access to his very throne room right now. Right now, we have an open heaven over us. As we sit in this room, as we are resting after worshiping and pouring out songs of praise, Jesus paid the price so that we could have this open access to heaven right now. We have the help of angels right now. We don't worship angels, okay? It's foolish to worship angels. It's equally foolish to ignore them. In fact, I think a lot of angels are bored because we don't give them stuff to do. I'm just saying. But we have been given access to the heavenly realm 
Ephesians chapter 1 says that we have received through Christ every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Every spiritual blessing. And Paul even prayed later on in that chapter that the eyes of our hearts would be open, that we would, we would begin to grasp, that we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know the inheritance that he's given us. So I'm going to tell you guys a quick story, unless Tammy's got something. So there's these people that lived back in the early 1700s. They were called the Moravians. I think that's how you say it. So you can look it up on Wikipedia since this is 2018 and we all have smartphones and access to Google. Google the Moravian, uh, the Moravian people. But I'm going to just read something to you. And there's an important reason why I want to read this. So bear with me. It's not too long. So this was like 19, uh, 1730s. Two young Moravians heard of an island in the West Indies where an atheist British owner uh, had 2,000 to 3,000 slaves. The owner had said, no preacher, no clergyman will ever stay on this island. If he's shipwrecked, we'll keep, in a separate, keep him in a separate house until he has to leave. But he's never going to talk to any of us about God. I'm through with all that nonsense. Hmm. The one enthroned in heaven was laughing at that moment, I think. 3,000 slaves from the jungles of Africa brought to an island in the Atlantic, and they were there, there to live and die without hearing of Christ. Several thousand black slaves toiled in the sugarcane fields under the burning sun. 3,000 slaves were doomed to live and die without hearing of Christ. Two young Germans in their 20s from the Moravian sect heard about their plight. They were willing to sell themselves to the British planter for the standard price of a male slave, if necessary. The Moravian community from Herrenhut came to see the two lads off who would never return again, having freely sold themselves into a lifetime of slavery. As a member of the slave community, they would witness as Christians to the love of God. Family members were emotional, weeping. Was their extreme sacrifice wise? Was it necessary? The housings had been cast off and were curled up on the pier. As the ship slipped away and the tide and the gap widened, the young men linked arms, raised their hands, and shouted across the spreading gap, May the Lamb of God that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Want me to say it like that again? Kind of felt good. I'm going to say it again. This is what they said as they sold their, their lives. They sold themselves into slavery to do the work of Jesus to a bunch of 2,000 to 3,000 slaves in sugarcane fields, never to be able to come back again. And they stood on that ship with their hands raised. May the Lamb of God that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. This became the call of the Moravian missions, and this is our only reason for being. This is our only reason for being. That the lamb that was slain may receive the reward of his suffering. This weekend, many people around the world have celebrated Good Friday. They celebrated and honored and remembered the death of Jesus on the cross. All around the world, the cross was lifted high. The message of Jesus going to Calvary for us, taking the sins of the world on himself, bridging the gap between man and God again. 
There's one mediator between man and God, Christ Jesus. Friday, we celebrated that. Saturday, people remembered the fact that he stayed in the grave on Saturday. And Sunday morning, the beginning of the week, he arose. He is risen. And here we are today celebrating another Sunday, because for us, every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Every Sunday is a reason to celebrate the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection. But we as a people, as a church, as Legacy City, we want to run into our inheritance. We want to know the full extent of our inheritance because we want to see Jesus get his full reward. If there's sickness in our midst, if there's brokenness, if there's bondage to sin, if there's the destruction of the devil at work in the community around us, we owe Jesus We owe Jesus. We want to see him get his inheritance. We owe him the reward for his suffering. He's left us here to do something. He's left us us here to be somebody. We're going to just take a quick look at a couple scriptures. One day we'll have a little fancy microphone stuck in our ears and maybe, maybe not. That would be kind of nice although it's kind of gross because you have to take it out and then, yeah, you have your own, so you don't share your earwax with people. God knows I've got plenty of that. Thanks for sharing. So we have been invited as men and women, boys and girls, young and old, we have been invited into this unfolding love story of the Creator God so loved, he so loved you that he gave his son. Jesus didn't come to die for you because God was just barely going to put up with you. He didn't die so that God could just tolerate you. It is, it is true that you and I, every one of us, born into Adam's race, we are, we are marred, we are marked, we are scarred by sin. It comes in to the world with us at birth, I believe. And if you don't believe that, well, at some point, naughtiness will arise in the child. Therefore, you have been declared a sinner. Surely I was sinful from birth, David said in the Psalms. But that is not why Jesus, let me say that again, that is not the identity that Jesus wants you to live the rest of your life with that you're just a sinner saved by grace. He came to give you a new identity. Let's go ahead and pop that first scripture up there. And by the way, if, if the baby's fussy a little bit, that's fine. We're, we are used to living room church, so we've always had our kids with us, and it's fine. Just relax. You know, a little noise is not going to distract. I'll just talk louder. I bet you I can get louder if she can crank this thing up. So let's take a look at John chapter 1. Yet to all who did receive him, our precious Lamb of God, Jesus, we love him so much. To to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right. Now, if you look up that word in the Greek, and if you want to look up the Greek, look up the blue letter Bible on the internet. It's awesome. You can pick apart any word out of any verse and see what the Greek says. But he gave the right. 
That word is exousia. Say it with me, exousia. I said it while we were praying before the meeting. It just felt good. Exousia. I feel like the elf when he, the elf? The elf in the, do you guys watch the movie Elf at Christmas time? Yeah. And he says, Francisco. Anyway, so exousia, just something about that word because it means something powerful. To you and me, you and I, who believe in Jesus and who have received him, he has given us exousia. It's the right, a sign of regal authority, a crown. Jesus died so that you could wear a crown. The king of heaven became a man, took on your sin and shame so that you, a sinful, shameful man or woman, could trade up that identity and put on a crown of righteousness. He wants to give you a new identity as a son, as a daughter, and he has a crown for you. He has regal authority. I like that word, regal. The regal beagle. Anyway, we won't talk about that TV show from the 70s. The Regal Beagle, yeah, he's given us regal authority. I think that's kind of like royal, something like that. Authority, a crown to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human's decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Born of God. Last week we talked about the garden. Not the Garden of Eden, but the Garden of your life, the Garden of your heart, how God has put a seed inside of you. Let's see if that's our next verse. Yeah, that's our next verse. Let's go ahead and put that one up there, Isabel. So this is 1 Peter, and I chopped a bunch of verses out of it because it was way too much for one slide. So I wanted to get the the main punches. You know, some of the parts of the verse are punches, and some of it's pulling back again for the next punch. I just took the pulling back part out. But if you want to read the whole thing, I would encourage you to do it because the Bible is good. The Word of God is powerful, active, it's alive, and it's powerful and active. It's like a double-edged sword, and it cuts and penetrates, divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. The Word of God is powerful. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ. That's why we celebrate communion. That's why we remember the blood, because it's his blood, the precious blood, that redeemed us from the old life, the empty way of life handed down to us. A lamb without blemish or defect. He is perfect and sinless. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Because Jesus is God. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, indestructible, through the living and enduring word of God. You have been born again. If you said yes to Jesus, the master gardener of the universe put a seed inside of you. He took this indestructible seed. This is kind of like a sci-fi movie, kind of. Maybe Marvel should uh, do a movie based on this. The, the creator of the universe, when you said, yes, I believe in Jesus, I want his forgiveness, I want what he did on the cross for me, he took an indestructible seed. Picture it however you want. It could be gold. could be uh, like the Shekinah glory. It's a Shekinah glory seed. He took a little seed of heaven, and he put it inside of you, and he pushed it down into the soil of your heart, and he said, stay there, put. 
because you're never going to leave and you're never going to forsake this human body that I've put you in. And he began to water it with the presence of, with his presence, with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he is fixated. Your God, my God, is fixated on the seed that he's placed inside of you. Once again, it is the seed that guarantees your inheritance in heaven, but it's also the seed of the presence of God, of the very life of Jesus living within your body. Paul, as a, a, an apostolic father in the faith, the apostle Paul, was determined to speak into the church. He loved Jesus so much and he loved the bride because he saw the price that was paid, that Jesus paid for the church, for his bride to be washed, to be free, to to receive this new identity. And he was so concerned that the seed that that has been placed in each one of us and in those people at that time, that that seed would become mature. It would grow into full maturity. Yeah. Let's just take a look at John chapter 20 for a second. We're going to take a, just a small rabbit trail. So this was after the resurrection. Jesus had risen from the grave. Mary went to the tomb, and she didn't realize it was Jesus. You know, she thought, oh, there's the gardener. He must know where they put his body. And when he said, Mary, she's like, Rabboni. I don't know if that's how you say it. That sounds kind of Italian. Rabboni, rabbi, master. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Jesus was beginning to give them that revelation that you're going to have a new identity No longer is it just Jesus who has a relationship with the Father. It's no longer just Jesus who does the signs, miracles, and wonders. It's no longer just Jesus who had the anointing of the Holy Spirit on his body while he did ministry in the earth. And everything he did, he did through that anointing, through that relationship with his Father who was in heaven. He said, everything I see the Father do, that is what I do. Everything I hear the Father say, that is what I say. And he's inviting us into this new identity to become sons and daughters. You have been adopted into a family, a royal family. We could go on to say the different aspects of that, the royal priesthood, a holy nation, people belonging to God who have been called out of darkness into the light. But this morning, and I believe it's been highlighted for this year, that God is really just focusing in. He's highlighting this important fact that Christians, those who come to know Jesus, become sons and daughters. That you need to know your identity. That you need to learn how to walk in that. And even declare it over your life when you feel like you failed. When you feel like you're just a sinner saved by grace. A better thing to say, I would, would, would believe, would be I'm a saint who occasionally sins. Not a sinner saved by grace. 
That just gives me excuses to sin all I want because I'm saved by grace. The fact is, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. He wants you to know that he has grace for you. Jesus, in the, in the word of God, well, it's not Jesus, it was uh, most likely Paul in Hebrews, it says to come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in your time of need. He's inviting you every day and every moment of the day to come boldly into his presence, come boldly before the throne, because that's what Jesus paid for. He paid that you would have access at any time to come boldly to receive from him. He doesn't give us grace as a license to sin. I don't think I need to tell any of us that. We know Jesus didn't give us grace so that we could keep on doing all the sin we want. But sin, uh, not sin, but grace, the grace of God, it teaches us something. It teaches us how to say yes to righteousness and no to ungodliness. So grace helps us. Grace empowers us to get back up when we do fail, to stand back up in the identity that he's given us. Because that's not who you are. Who you are is not the stuff that you struggle with. It's not, it's not the temptations. We'll just quote some of the stuff that we all, some of us listen to the message through the podcasting. You know, our, our desires, is that what it is? I put it on Facebook, I should remember. Our temptations do not define who we are. But our virtues the things that we hold dear, the things that God says about us, that is what defines who we are. God speaks into existence things that are not as though they were. So he says over you and he says over me, you have been made holy by the blood of Jesus. He has made perfect forever you who are being made holy. Just a little tiny bit more, and I think we'll quit. So why did I pull that scripture up with uh, Mary holding on to Jesus? And he says, don't hold on to me. I have yet to go to the Father, but tell my brothers and sisters this. If everything that Jesus wanted to accomplish was done at that point, he probably would have just stayed there and received all the worship of everyone that put their trust in him and his worship would have taken over the earth. But God had a plan. I believe the best was yet to come. Because we read further on in the book of Acts that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came. And with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship. And now everything we saw in Jesus' life and ministry, hey guys, come on in. Everything that we saw in Jesus' life and ministry now can be replicated in us because he, is, he has given us his righteousness. He has given us his holiness. He has given us the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive and at work inside of us. So let's go ahead and look at Ephesians chapter 1. Do you want to? No, I was just, the whole thing on identity, we, the more time we spend with God and in a relationship with him we can really get our identity and everything is based off that if we if our identity is in what we do or maybe how we others 
how we f feel others see us. Yeah, we, we really need to get that down, is our identity is in Christ always, and then everything flows out of that. Yeah, that, that transformation that, that takes place in all of us, the Bible says be transformed, be transfigured, it comes through, through the renewing of our minds. As we meditate on the word of God, as we meditate on the things God has spoken to us, the things that God says about you, about what Jesus did for you on the cross, as we dwell on that and we meditate on it and we feast on it, we feast on the truth, and I don't want to stop there, as we declare it, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Right, David? Talk to this guy. If you want to know some powerful declarations or have some spoken over you, these guys have gotten that years ago. It's taken me a while, but I've been walking more and more in that. We need to declare, not only meditate and read and study the word, but begin to declare, to speak with your mouth the truth. I don't care if you have to go stand in front of the mirror. <laughs> I'm not talking about Stuart, is it Smalley? Stuart Smalley? Anyway, you guys are too young to know who that is uh, from Saturday Night Live. He looked in the mirror and he says, I'm smart and people love me or something like that. It's, it's funny. So positive, positive declarations or whatever. But the truth is, we need to learn how to speak over our own lives and we need to learn how to speak over others because God has called us to echo the things he says. He wants to put his word in your mouth that you could call the gold out of people, that you could call the prophetic destiny that God has for somebody into the now. When the word of God comes prophetically, when God takes something from the future and he puts it on somebody else's tongue and they speak it over you for a word regarding your life, it has power. There's power on that word. We know because it was a few years ago that we were prophesied over and someone said, you're here for clarity, direction, and you are to go plant that church. No, they didn't even know who we were. They, we were strangers in the room. So it was definitely God speaking something into existence that we were far, at that point in time, we were far from. But it was in our hearts. It was a desire but God took the desire, the dream that was deep inside of us and he pulled it up to the surface and he breathed on it and he said, this is what you're to do. Go walk in it. This is your identity. Walk in it. You are a holy, dearly beloved son, daughter of God. Jesus paid a price for you to be free, to walk in your royal identity, to put a crown of authority, exousia, on your head. You guys smile every time I say that. I'm going to say it every randomly once in a while. I'll be walking up behind you. Exousia. You guys are, the kids I walked in, they're like, what is he talking about? It's just a Greek word. You can just say it's Greek to me. So we're going to end with this. We're going to read what Paul prayed for the church. I think this was his prayer. I'm going to pretend it is, at least. For this reason... Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation 
in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. I was going to say pause, but that's okay. We'll just read the whole thing. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come, and he put all things under his feet. All things. Say all things. It's kind of fun to make people say stuff because... The guy with the microphone, I guess, has influence over the people. <laughs> Say this with me. No, but really, guys, he has placed all things under his feet. Everything that we are facing in life and will face in the days ahead, it's under his feet. He sits high above it all. He is enthroned above the circle of the earth. And he's inviting us to his very throne that you and I could climb up on his lap because he is our father. He is the lover of our souls. He gave you a spirit of adoption that enables you to cry out to him, Daddy, Abba, Father. We live in a fatherless generation where many don't have dads. But God is a father. He's the father to the fatherless and the defender of widows. And he's given you the spirit of adoption. And by that spirit, you can call out to him, Daddy, Papa, whatever word you want to use for father. He's placed all things under his feet and he's inviting us to come and get up on his lap and look from, look from his perspective. Look at life from his perspective. He wants to give you eagle's eyes and eagle's wings. What was that thing about chickens that we had heard before? Scratching at the ground. Anyway, we'll think of that another time. But he's called us to soar like eagles. He wants us to see life from heaven's perspective. And it's when we begin to see things from his perspective that it will shift things inside of us. And then we get to go into the earth and shift atmospheres by speaking the truth. And we get to be the ones to destroy the works of the devil in people's lives and neighborhoods all around us. There is miracle working power in Jesus' name. There's healing, and they don't have to get saved first. They don't have to pray the sinner's prayer first. He wants to heal people, and he wants to use you to heal people. He's given you exousia, authority to go in his name and heal. All things under his feet, and he gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things. He fills all in all. Why don't we stand up, guys, guys and girls? He truly is the one who takes all of our broken pieces and puts them back together. When we were singing that today, I just had to remind myself by typing that down He'll pick up all your pieces and put you back together. He's the God of new beginnings. He's the God of new life. He says, behold, I make all things new. 
That's just who he is. He does things like that, guys, to demonstrate who he is. It's just what he does. He doesn't reveal something about his nature and his character that isn't who he is. He is the healer. He is the provider. He is the one who will take all your broken pieces and put you back together again. He is your great defender. He does surround us with songs of deliverance. If we could only get a glimpse of what is happening in heaven all around us, in the heavenly realm, there are songs, there are wars, there are battles taking place on your behalf and on behalf of those who have yet to come to know him. So let's close our eyes and we'll close this with prayer. And we want to invite anyone who's here today who needs prayer for healing in your physical body to come up to the front at the end of the meeting. And we have a team of people that would love to pray for you. If you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never said, Jesus, I know that you died on the cross for my sins. I know that you took all of the sin and shame that was my responsibility and you took it upon yourself and you offer me forgiveness. So I want to receive that today. If that's you today, then he wants to put a crown and a new identity on your head. He wants to give you new life. So Jesus, we love you. We celebrate the resurrection of your life from the grave. We celebrate the power that took you from the tomb and brought you out of the grave clothes. The same power that raised you from the dead is right here, right now. And we receive. We receive. We say yes to you, Jesus. If you're here today and you've never said yes to him, just say yes to him now. Say yes, Jesus. You are my Lord and you are the Savior and I give my life to you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come to flood us with your grace and your glory and your goodness. Fill us up with your love and transform us from one measure to the next into the image and likeness of Jesus. We give you this day and we celebrate you In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.